What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Derrick Henry, tough injury. Very, very unfortunate for the fantasy community. You just never think it can happen to Derrick Henry. He's going to be out at least six weeks with a foot injury, and this could be the return of Adrian Peterson. We'll talk about some of the options uh, in that backfield and in your fantasy backfield. We also have Jameis Winston tearing his ACL, and a lot of news. Maybe we'll get Christian McCaffrey back this week. That would be a silver lining, but it's Monday afternoon and we're reeling a little bit here with all this injury news, but we got to keep you updated. We got to recap last night's very strange game. What? I don't even know what happened to the Vikings offense last night. Very hard, hard to uh, diagnose, but we'll get into that. Plus five big topics, the emergence of Michael Carter, Eli Mitchell, what happens to Michael Thomas now with uh, Jameis out for the season. And we'll talk a little bit of dynasty today. What's going on, Chris? How was your Halloween? Good, good. I'm looking forward to this podcast, and I would really, really like it if I knew what we were talking about. I sent you the notes. Um, didn't you I? did not. Nope, nope, you didn't. I checked this time to make sure. I did. Um, okay. <laughs> I sent you earlier today. What you the said today's were. topics, but there's other stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, I know I, you put together a whole thing of notes. I know it's just that you don't really. How did I not? You don't really them? think of me um, <laughs> as part of this show, and so you you don't you just never think to send me the notes. It's I, okay. I, I'm sorry. I I'm understand. Just, uh, I'm frazzled. Only, it's all right. I'm only the lead singer. <laughs> Well, this is definitely something Ace Ventura would do. Very sloppy work. All right, so let's start with Derrick Henry. Six to ten weeks right now is the timeline. Foot injury. Hopefully you have an IR spot. If you don't have an IR spot, I could obviously understand dropping him if you need the roster space, but there is a chance that he comes back for your fantasy playoffs. So you have to make that decision. He leads the NFL with 937 rushing yards. Nick Chubb is second, 584. Chubb has played two fewer games. Uh, yeah, and this is also wild in terms of yards per game. Henry leads the NFL 117.1. Chubb is second at 97.3. So he's 20 yards rushing yards per game ahead of Nick Chubb. Another interesting thing, he's the eighth 2,000-yard rusher. The previous seven, all of them had lost at least one yard per carry on their average the following year. And if I remember correctly, I think Henry averaged the lowest yards per carry of the eight. I'm not sure about that. But I never thought he would lose a full yard per carry. And he's at 4.3. And last year he was at 5.4. So 
been a couple of bad games in a row in that regard for him. But uh, that was just yeah. I mean, he only had like one big yard per carry game. He's only had two over five. This yeah, it's season. weird. It's a little weird. It's I mean, it's been high volume. The volume is so it, it's really hard to rush for seven yards per carry when you have thirty carries. Yeah, you know? like that's just that's really hard. There's a lot of those like four or five yards, you know, two, three, four yard carries that, uh, you know, you got to wait until you break the big one to boost the average. Um, yeah, the I don't know the. The thing with the 2,000-yard rushers is I think it feels sort of obvious because, like, if you rush for 2,000 yards, definitionally you had a historic season. And so it's really hard to follow up a historic season with another one that's almost as historic. So Yeah. He, yeah. he was on pace I mean, to do it, just not in the same efficiency. But regardless, yeah. you know, let's spin it forward now. And from a waiver wire standpoint, what are you thinking about here with the Titans? They they've got to bring someone in right now. They have um, Jeremy McNichols and Dontrell Hilliard as the only running backs on their roster. They just placed Darrington Evans on IR, and he, I think he can't come back after being placed on IR for a second time. So his season's done. Um, like you mentioned, they're they're thinking about they're they're going to work out Adrian Peterson. I guess that fits stylistically, um, and he's been okay. You know, he was 35 years old last season. And he wasn't terrible, but he'll be 36 years old this year, and that's one year older. And there aren't a lot of running backs who have been even good at 33, let alone 36. So I wouldn't expect a ton from Adrian Peterson. But if they did give him, you know, 16 plus carries per week, which seems reasonable, he would probably be fantasy relevant, but not a must start guy. The, the hope would be that they trade for someone like Marlon Mack or Ronald Jones uh, mm-hmm. were the first two names that came to mind. Bruce Arians already came out and said he's not particularly interested in trading Ronald Jones, which given Bruce Arians track record when it comes to saying things about Ronald Jones probably means Ronald Jones has already been <laughs> traded. Um, I, I, I think it'd probably be a little foolish to, you got to have a little running back depth, right? You know, so I don't, I, you know, I won't get off topic here. I wouldn't trade Ronald Jones if I were the Bucks. I just, you want to have a little insurance there. Yeah. I think Mar- Marlon Mack makes a lot of sense if the, Colts were yeah. interested in doing that to a divisional rival. I don't know if they would be. Right. But if you're looking for a replacement, all that to say that if you're looking for a replacement for your fantasy team, you probably need to look elsewhere than the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, and, and the good Peterson. news is, uh, I'm sorry, the good news is the trade deadline's Tuesday afternoon. So yeah. by the time you make your waiver claims at night, you'll know the running back situation there. If, if, yeah, exactly. if they don't do anything, would McNichols be your number one priority when you got Boston Scott out there in almost 70% of leagues and Jordan Howard in almost every league and you got Mark Ingram available, you got David Johnson. I know it was a horrible game for him, but um, there are some running backs with some appeal unlike most weeks. Would how Where would McNichols rank? Yeah, the problem with McNichols is he has 56 carries in five career seasons. He had 47 last year. He averaged... Uh, 4.3 yards per carry. He only has seven so far this season. So I just don't know if they view him as someone who, like he's had double-digit carries once in his career. Mm-hmm. And he had nine yards. Um, so that's not great. I just, yeah, I'm not sure they view him as someone who can get that kind of workload. But if he was, if they didn't add anybody, he'd probably be behind Boston Scott for me still. But I think that's probably it. As far as running back, I, I do think 
you know, Carlos Hyde would be in that same discussion, I guess, but yeah. not super excited about him. And James Robinson is on IR. So all that to say that I don't think there's very many interesting running backs available on waivers this week. I think the wide receiver options are, are much better. Did you say James Robinson is on IR? No, 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 no. He's day to day. Oh, is what I meant to say. I yeah, hope yeah. I didn't say he's on. I thought you did Go say that. And edit I was that like, out if, if I did. <laughs> no, James Robinson. We actually got encouraging news this morning about yep. James Robinson. He's day to day. I don't know. Maybe he misses one game. I think they have the Bills this week. Is that right? Yes, they do. Um, so you can miss the Bills game if you want James Robinson. But uh, yeah, all right. So so we'll see what happens. I, I think obviously the offense is going to have to change, and mm-hmm. this could be uh, this. I, it could be huge for Tannehill, and it could be huge for Julio Jones. Obviously, A.J. Brown yeah. is A.J. Brown, but it might just be necessity here. They have to throw the football a little bit more, and everybody's if you buried Julio Jones, you know, hopefully he's back soon, but there's a lot of football left. Yeah. There's still half the season left. Yes. Yeah. All right. There, there is still half the season left. Derrick Henry's dynasty value is really interesting. He's obviously yeah. the oldest... And correct me if I'm wrong. He's the oldest stud running back in football. Not, I mean, I don't know if you want to count Cordero Patterson or something like that, but yeah, I mean, let's take a look at Heath's most recent run, running back dynasty rankings. Okay, and um, yeah, he's older than I think the oldest one besides him is probably how old is Austin Eckler? Is he 26? I'm not sure. Isn't that in Heath's rankings? Doesn't he have like their age? Mm, oh, he does. I just didn't look at that column. Literally, that's <laughs> two columns over. Uh, I just didn't look. So, yeah, he is 27 currently. He is the only player above 26. He's the only player older than 26 inside of the top. Wow. Uh, 40. The only player old. Yeah, only player older than 27. Only player older than 26 inside of the top 40, except for Melvin Gordon, who's 39. So, yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a year younger. Ezekiel that's a year younger. But I think Derrick Henry, yeah, his his dynasty value has certainly taken a hit now. And part of it is because when you're an outlier like Derrick Henry, when you're like when part of your argument for a player is, well, he never gets hurt. He's the only guy can who can hold up to this kind of workload. Well, it's harder to make that argument now that he's gotten hurt. And you know, who's to say that it will linger or be a continuing issue? Maybe it won't be, but he no longer has that. You know, he no longer has that perfect track record. And so it makes you wonder how he's going to hold up if he sees a similar workload. And, and frankly, I think the Titans probably deserve a lot of criticism for giving him 28 carries in a game where he left in the first quarter with a foot injury. Um like you and don't 28 have carries do- week after week. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't he wasn't getting a typical Derrick Henry workload. He was getting... Yeah, he was it, averaging 27.4 carries per game. Yeah, kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I think you could make the case that this helps his dynasty value because maybe it just takes a little bit of tread off the tire. Obviously, everyone's dynasty value at some point decreases as they get older. But, I don't know. I, I still think he's got another year of, of uh, Derrick Henry in him. I, I'm not... I mean, I'm not like, I, okay, like, would you sell him for Michael Carter right now in Dynasty? Who would you rather no. have? No, I wouldn't because I, I don't think there's a ch- there's much of a chance of Michael Carter being like a legitimate difference maker, whereas I think Derrick Henry could be next year still. Right. Okay. 
look forward to getting into that maybe a little bit more on Wednesday with Heath. Here's and- here's the wild thing. If everybody at finishes, he his current number of rushing attempts would have been ninth in the NFL last season. <laughs> 219 would have just been ahead of Melvin Gordon for number nine in the NFL in 2019 in 2020. Wow. All right. Wild. Some more news for you. Seattle could get Chris Carson back after this week's bye. So we'll keep an eye on that. Christian McCaffrey could play this week or next week. It's looking like right now they got New England next week at Arizona. Or sorry, New England this upcoming week, week nine, and Arizona week ten. Sam Darnold's in the concussion protocol. Yep. Uh, the good news was on James Robinson. He's day to day. Devontae Adams did not practice, but they're hoping to have him and their defensive coordinator Joe Barry back on Thursday. They're at Alan Kansas Lazard City. Was back. Oh, that's today. good. All right. And okay. Marquez Valdez-Scandling practiced for the first time since week four, I believe. Yeah, and they've got a marquee game at Kansas City next week. Or Yeah, I keep saying this week, next week. I'm just starting to say week nine, week nine. Denver sending Von Miller to the Rams for second and third round picks in 2022. Yeah, the Rams just enjoyed this ride. I, I love it. They I just give it. up everything. I don't know if I love it, but it's... Uh... They haven't made a first round pick. They, they've traded a second and third, but they haven't made a first round pick since 2016. They don't have another one until 2024. It's, it's incredible. hard to win that it. way, but there are... They're, I mean, there are some, they're doing there are some it. juggernauts right now in the NFC. It's pretty exciting, right? It's the Cowboys, huge win. Yeah. The Rams, the Packers, and I would say the Bucks, even though they have a, they're a two-loss team. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're they, they did win the Super they got Bowl. That, right? They got that Tom Brady <laughs> yeah. guy. And look, one of those losses came against the Saints, which they just like the Saints can't just have them. this team's number. Yeah, they it's can't weird. beat them. It's very weird. That uh, like they must have beaten them in the playoffs last year, though. Uh, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and the the you know pressure rate is kind of uh, it's very subjective. It appears because Pro Football Focus has them with a very high pass rush grade. This is the Rams I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Pro Football Reference has them below average in pressure rates, but high in hurries, and they lead the NFL in sacks. And now they have Von Miller, T.Y. Hilton out with a concussion. He's not going to play this week. They have a Thursday game against the Jets. Will Fuller will mm-hmm. not practice this week. Just saw that come across. Uh, Calvin Ridley, we know he's stepping away, hopefully for not too long, and we always wish him the best. Rob Gronkowski, hopefully back after the bye. Jalen Rager, ankle. Uh, Some stuff I didn't mention yesterday. Jets left tackle George Fant was carted off with an ankle injury. The Bengals right guard Jackson Carmen left with a back injury. The Chargers lost two defensive backs to injuries in the first half, Asante Samuel and Michael Davis. So those are big. Uh, Tyron Smith hurt his ankle, and that's yeah. a big one, obviously, for the Cowboys. Garrett Bowles, left tackle for the Broncos. He left with an ankle injury, and they also lost a guy who's been arguably their best cornerback this year, Bryce Callahan. They're at Dallas next week. Uh, Cleveland with a couple of injuries here. J- Jack Conklin's going to miss some time, starting right tackle. He's already missed week six and seven. That was the Demetric Felton yeah. week, one of them. So you know they can run without him, but still, it's not a it's a big deal. Right tackle, uh, Jack Conklin, dislocated elbow. And, you know, a lot of these injuries, they happen during the game. You don't get a timeline. I don't have a timeline on John Johnson, their safety, mm-hmm. neck stinger. Uh, you don't need more injuries in the Niners secondary, but you got one. Jimmy Ward, safety left with a quad injury, and Kyle Shanahan said it was a pretty big concern. And for the Bears, Eddie Jackson, their safety left on, the I think, the second play of the game. All right, we got the, the CBS Sports newsletter, CBS Sports Fantasy Football Today newsletter. Written by Chris Towers, delivered That's right to me. You. Yeah, he does send the notes. 
right? He sends them at least once a day to your inbox with the Fantasy Football Today newsletter. Go to cbssports.com slash newsletters. He's already sent you a Derrick Henry newsletter. So it's great stuff. It's very timely. It's waiver wire. It's trade. It's start. It's sit. It's news. It's a lot of news that you like, you just don't really see. Chris is on top of it. knows all this stuff. So cbssports.com slash newsletters. Topics today, Michael Carter, Eli Mitchell, Michael Thomas, little dynasty talk, and Broncos wide receivers. Very interesting stuff on Jerry Judy. I'm just going to leave it there as a teaser. Uh, And no Jacob Gibbs today. So, yeah, just us. Me and Chris running the show. Chris, Dallas 20, Minnesota 16. For me, it was an agonizing fantasy loss that I had to Dave Richard. Dave Richard in the two QB league started Trey Lance and Mike White, (laughs) and he beat me. Wow. Because of Justin Jefferson, basically. Um, That's like, I, I think I beat someone with Kendall Hinton a couple weeks ago. Yeah. In that one. I had Tom Brady. You know, and he had, he had Trey Lance, and I lost uh, by one. That's, I'm really. That's fun. Yeah, so what did you think of this game? It was, I don't know. I, I mean, Kirk Cousins threw the ball 4.8 yards per pass attempt. That was his lowest air yards mm-hmm. per pass attempt of the season. They just looked off, you know? Yeah, and his um, his air yards are down quite a bit. He, I think, he has the third lowest intended air yards of the season uh, of any quarterback this season per next gen stats. His um, his expected completion percentage is, I think, the ninth highest, or his sorry, his completion percentage above expected is the ninth highest in the NFL. But it's a lot more short stuff than we've seen over the last few years. I think we've particularly seen that with Adam Thielen. Uh, has had a lot of shorter targets this year. And, you know, you're talking about one touchdown in three of his last four games. And when you're talking about shorter targets, you're you're generally talking about targets that have a lower opportunity to score. And he's been a really high touchdown rate over the last couple of seasons, I think, in large part, one, because they do take a lot of shots in the play-action game especially, and and two, because they run so much between the 20s that, an inordinate amount of his throws come in the red zone. When the passing rate goes up, that changes, but he still has a 5.1% touchdown rate. It hasn't been a great couple of weeks for him, but I think all things considered for the season, Kirk Cousins still looks like a borderline top 12 QB. So the intended air yards per pass attempt was 4.8 yesterday, but the pre the three previous games, 8.4, 7.5, 7.8, that's fine. I mean, that's you can certainly it's live with that. lower than where he was last year, but still okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Mahomes for the year is, uh, well, Matt Ryan, 6.8, Justin Herbert, 6.7, yeah. Wentz, 7.2, Prescott, 7.4, Mahomes, 7.7. So it's, mm-hmm. a, I guess, probably a pretty average range. Um, Dalvin Cook with a rare off day. You know, these two teams, the Vikings especially, it's like you kind of know what they are, right? It's always like Cook is a stud. Jefferson, you're never sitting, even yeah. though he had a bad game. He dropped a pretty big pass on the sideline. Uh, and you're of, starting feeling. Yeah, you're starting feeling. Uh, take the ups and downs, but he scores all the time. And then for the mm-hmm. Cowboys, it's no guarantee that Dak Prescott's going to be back next week. So no. great job by Cooper Rush. Uh, 325 yards, throw. two touchdowns. A heck of a Touch throw by Cedric game. Wilson. Let's get him back there more. Uh, who did he throw that to? CeeDee Lamb. I'm having trouble placing. It was placing. like a 35-yard. It, it was like a reverse, and uh, it was a really impressive throw. It was like 50 yards in the air uh, on, on the money. I don't know. Great I don't know throw I'm struggling Wilson. with it. First half or second half? Did I miss that play? Oh. I can't remember when it happened in the game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, I, look... 
I, I was very much off Amari of Cooper, and that was obviously a huge mistake. Uh, he caught the game-winning touchdown, ended up with 122 yards and a touchdown. But if Dak does not play next week against the Denver Broncos, Week Nine, mm-hmm. how much are you going to trust those two wide receivers, Lamb and Cooper? I think they'd both be in the wide receiver two discussion. I think when Prescott's back, I think they're both probably in that top 16 or so. Uh, but without him, I think it's more like top 24. Maybe maybe Lamb is 20 to 24 and Cooper is 24 to 28. But it was a great game. It was really nice to see them both have a good game without Prescott. And I think a lot of it comes down to just there was the fact that they threw the ball a bunch in this game 41 times when they've been closer to 30 for the season, surprisingly. So right. I think that was a good sign. And, and I, t- I talked about that in the preview, actually. If you look at their game log and when they throw a lot, it's the competitive mm-hmm. games. Yeah. And Denver next week, if Dak doesn't, I mean, if, <laughs> crazy If statement. Dak doesn't play, I think any game can be competitive. Right, right. I mean, maybe it's better for the wide receivers if Dak doesn't play. <laughs> because, Probably, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but no, yeah. no, but you know what I'm saying. No, but, More pass yeah. attempts. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're worried about Dalton Schultz having a bad game, he was still third on the team in targets. He still played uh, his normal role in terms of snaps and routes. So I'm not worried about Dalton Schultz. Bad games happen. I'd only be worried if Rush were under center again. And quite frankly, I'd be worried about all of them. I and mean, you could say, yes, Cooper Rush did have a sure. good game, but there's no guarantee he would have another good game uh, against Denver. And, yeah. you know, that's a backup quarterback. They could be up and down. Okay. Uh, Tyler Conklin, nice game. He, he, you could always get something. You never, there are going to be highs and lows with Conklin, but he's not a useless fantasy tight end. He's someone you could turn to in the right situation. Dallas struggles streamer, against yeah. tight ends, and he's 27% rostered. Okay, let's go to our five big topics, and let's start with number one. Bada bing, bada boom. Michael Carter, is he emerging right now? So we'll talk about him. He was started in 28% of leagues. Carter is rostered in 84% of leagues. He had a season high in carries, a season high in catches. And I think a big development, Chris, is that Robert Sala did not rule out the possibility that Mike White keeps the job. He's going to start again on Thursday against the Colts. And he did not... I know... I'm sure you're aware of this. He did not throw a ball more than 15 yards mm-hmm. the entire game. That's yeah. I think he had like a 3.4 intended area, 3.7 intended air yards per attempt, um, which is wildly low. I mean, Kirk Cousins at 4.7 was very low, right? <laughs> um, and he's thrown to his running backs just a ton. I think 40 percent of his attempts in, in his in his appearance in relief of Zach Wilson last week were running backs and. Gosh, it was probably a pretty similar rate this week because I think Tyron Johnson and Michael Carter combined for 16. So that, I I don't, I think it would be kind of dumb if they started Mike White over Zach Wilson, but maybe do more stuff like this with uh, Zach Wilson. You know, maybe make his life a little easier. Because he's yeah. been running for his life. It's a good idea, but you know, I just think the tendencies are different for the two quarterbacks, right? And Corey mm-hmm. Davis didn't play in this game. You might factor that in, although he did play in Week Seven, and they still and Mike yeah. White still threw forty percent of his passes to running backs. Yeah, twenty, I, I, but, but twenty out of forty nine, so about forty one percent this week. My gosh, but yeah. yeah, all right. So so it's relevant because I don't personally, I don't think Michael Carter can be a fantasy difference maker if he's catching two to three passes a game, which is what he was 100%. doing with Zach Wilson. Yes. Right? Like everybody's... And he's barely startable. 
in that, yeah. And his next two games are the Colts, who are third. His next two games are against top three defenses against the run. I think it's the Colts and the mm-hmm. Bills. Yeah, Colts and Bills. Then the schedule gets much, much better. But what do you think? I'm, I, you know, are, do you think we should consider selling high because people are very fired up right now about Michael Carter? But this was by far his best game. Yeah, I think if if someone's viewing him as maybe a top fifteen running back rest of season, which I don't know, I guess with all the injuries, maybe he might actually be. But if someone views him that way, I think that would probably be the right decision to try to sell high on him. But that's not to say that I think the bottom's going to fall out. I do think, you know, he did play um, season high. Let's see. What was it? 74% snaps, something like that. 70% snap share above 70% for two straight weeks. He's been uh, running routes, I think on 70% of their um, pass plays over the last couple of weeks as well. So I think this is a very good sign for Michael Carter. Like you said, I don't expect much from him as a rusher. Um, but the passing game role, especially with Mike White, seems locked in. So I would trust him as an RB2 for the time being. Would you rather have Michael Carter or, or Miles Gaskin? <laughs> Man, probably Carter, but I just, like, I've been wrong on Miles Gaskin at every point this season. So I don't know why that would change suddenly. Um, Everybody's been wrong no, every, every week on Miles Gaskin. I have no idea what to expect of his usage. His like he, I think he had a season high in snap share this week, which is a good sign. But I think I'd rather have Carter. I think Gaskin. A little off subject. I know we're talking about uh, Michael Carter, but yeah, you know, as long as Malcolm Brown's out, I think Gaskin's going to have a very valuable role. And I know he had a bad game, but he had 15 touches at yeah. Buffalo. Ahmed was involved. He had eight touches, but uh, the Malcolm Brown injury, I think, is actually pretty big. Just don't know how long he's out for. Um, yeah. But, you know, the next two games for the Dolphins are... At least Houston. the next two. Yeah, Houston and Baltimore, and then you get the Jets after that. So I think Gaskin, uh, I think he could be all right. You know, it's a actually, disappointing game, but it was Buffalo. Somehow he only played 58% of the snaps in this one, Miles Gaskin. That's all right, though. I mean... It's fine, but last year he was above 61% in every game. He's not going to be last year. Yeah. Just yeah, we accept that. Just can he can he score some touchdowns? It'd be nice. All right, so look, uh, measured expectations. But this is the kind of player, uh, a rookie, mm-hmm. that we do see like like five of them last year has a big six game stretch down you know down the stretch of your season. I don't think he's going to go Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins on no. us here unless he's no. catching a lot of passes. So yeah, we'll keep that in mind. All right, second question. Maybe this guy is. Elijah Mitchell, is he possibly an RB1? This one comes from June. And, or the the J-O-O-N, June, not the month. Uh, We're going to answer that question right after this break on Fantasy Football Today. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, 
chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So we just got done talking about Michael Carter. Let's focus on a rookie running back who per game is 16th in non-PPR and 19th in PPR. That is Eli Mitchell. So is Eli Mitchell possibly an RB1? That's the question from June. And your answer, Chris Towers. Um, In any given week, he possibly can be an RB1, but he is not an RB1 moving forward. I mean, you look at the last two games, as good as this running game is, you you don't expect someone to average six and seven and a half yards per carry. You know, that's just, that's not going to happen. So he's been really good, but how one first, how many RB ones have what 0.7 catches per game, I think is what he's at right now. And 0.7 targets per game as well. It's just, he doesn't have the passing game role. He's not Derrick Henry, um, who would be the guy who would have, who may have done that. And so, I think he is a better version of the Damian Harris. Um, gosh, here are some other examples of that type that's, of that's running the back best. right now. Antonio Gibson. <laughs> um, no, I can't that even is, I see that. that. I, Josh Gibson, Gibson, Jacobs. Though, Gibson, though, is, a, is 12, 13 carries, you know. So yeah. Harris is a great comp. Um, mm-hmm. and and I, I like Mitchell more because I think it's a better offense. I think they're going to be, be able to run more efficiently and but the thing is, is, with either of those guys, they could have a good game running the ball and still end up as like RB25 if they don't get in the end zone. Let me tell you in where Mitchell's finished. Yeah, I'll tell you where he's finished. He's made, he's had five games, four starts, but he basically started the week one. You know, yeah, he's most played got 60% hurt immediately. of the snaps, I think, in every game he's played. And he has 17 or more carries in four of them. So here's where mm-hmm. he has finished in non-PPR. Sixth, 33rd, 37th, 5th, and 4th. So that is if he gets a touchdown. Uh, yes, yeah, a hundred, but a hundred yards and a touchdown in three of five games yep. at Detroit against the Colts and against the Bears. Bears don't have very good run defense, by the way, so far. So mm-hmm. that's three top six finishes and two finishes outside the top thirty. Only thing there is that uh, we do have two more running backs playing tonight, so it's possible that it could be a little bit lower for this week. But no, he's because he finished fourth this week, so it's going to be top six no matter what. Anyway. Uh, in full PPR, 15th, when he finished 6th in week 1, he was 15th in PPR, 6th mm-hmm. and non, 15th and full. Uh, 37th, 39th, 13th in PPR in week 7, and 8th this week. So mm-hmm. that's three top 15 finishes and two outside the top 36, barely. And, well, and, yeah, and that, yeah. that's the difficult thing is like, he had really, really good games against the Lions and Colts. Like, you can't reasonably ask for a running back to do much better than 100 yards and a touchdown. He did last week or in week eight, but generally speaking, that's a really, really good outcome. And he wasn't an RB1. So I think that kind of answers the question. Can he be an RB1? It would take an outlier efficiency season and an outlier touchdown season from him moving forward for that to be the case. That's just the kind of running back he is. We've seen it with Damian Harris who I don't think will be as good of a rusher. When he gets one touchdown, he's a top 24 running back. When he gets two, he's a top 12 running back. Mitchell may be a little better than that because he's 
Got more big playability. He does. Sure. I want to so. talk about that. It's I'm glad yeah, he, you brought well, that up. It's it's he's impressive. very much in the Kyle Shanahan mold for running backs, where he's a smaller guy. He's really fast. We've seen that type that type of running back have a lot of success here. Uh, Jeff Wilson. I'm blanking on the guy who came into this season as a as the starter. Um, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida. Those guys have all been very good in this offense at str- for stretches. So. Um, that's clearly a type of player who works well in his system. Yeah, so right now, Eli Mitchell is fourth in the NFL in yards per game, rushing yards per game, behind Henry mm-hmm. Chubb and Dalvin Cook. And only Nick Chubb has more carries of 20 or more yards than Eli Mitchell. So the, there are four. So Chubb has six. There are mm-hmm. four players who have five carries of 20-plus yards. Lamar Jackson... Damian Harris, Eli Mitchell, and Jonathan Taylor. And Mitchell has fewer carries than Harris or Taylor. He has five more carries than Lamar Jackson. So very, very impressive in terms of breaking off these runs. So I think we're going to say no on RB1. It's possible in non-PPR, but it's very, very unlikely in full PPR because, I mean, I can give you the stat if you want, but just to sum it up, I'll just tell you this. In full PPR, in the last five seasons, there have never been, there have not been more than two there have not been more than two running backs to finish top 24 with fewer than 20 catches and per, and any season. There's been usually two per season, uh, each of the last three years. But only three running backs have finished top 16 in the last five seasons with fewer than 20 catches. Derrick Henry twice, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, and LeGarrette Blunt. So you're looking at an RB2 in Eli Mitchell. Um Last but last topic on this. Sorry, um, someone you're going to start every week. I absolutely, I think so. I'm look. I sat him for Khalil Herbert, you know, and I don't regret it. He had a better game than Khalil Herbert, but yeah. he, there's no reason why what happened to Khalil Herbert in week eight can't sure, happen yeah. to can't happen to Eli Mitchell in week nine. You know, yeah. a lot of work and just not a great game. Um, one thing you do get though reliably from the 49ers is a, about a little more than a rushing touchdown per game by a running back over the last two seasons. It's pretty mm-hmm. reliable. Is Trey Lance a problem? Because in the one game that Mitchell started with Trey Lance, Lance had 16 freaking carries. How selfish. And uh, and only nine for Mitchell. Yep. Is that a pro- Do you think that's a problem if they go to Lance? I think to a certain extent. I mean, obviously Trey Lance is going to keep the ball on read option plays a lot more than Jimmy Garoppolo is. He had Garoppolo did score a touchdown on a read option play this week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he had two rushing but, touchdowns. But yeah, it's it it does limit perhaps the floor for Mitchell. But the other thing you have to keep in mind is that rushing quarterbacks tend to help running backs efficiency on a per yard, per carry basis. And so already being in an incredibly efficient offense, there are going to be more opportunities for Elijah Mitchell to break even bigger plays if he's playing with Trey Lance if the defense makes the wrong read on one of those read option plays. So I do think it comes out in the wash. I think their running game will be better, even if the distribution might be slightly different if Trey Lance is the starter. All right, next topic from Chris Carmichael. What are your thoughts on the return of Michael Thomas? Ooh, the return of, that's like the return of Michael Myers, Halloween 4. The return of Michael Thomas without Jameis Winston now. So I think this is like the third week in a row where we've been talking about the return of Michael Thomas. And the problem with that discussion is Michael Thomas has not been spotted on a practice field yet. So I don't know how close he is. You know, Nick Underhill um, 
I believe he's with NewOrleansFootball.com now. I think he started his own site, but he was a longtime uh, Times Picayune reporter, I believe. Um, he has made it sound like there, Michael Thomas may not be particularly close right now, or at least he doesn't seem have have any reason to think he is close right now. And so, I'm pretty concerned. I had Michael Thomas as a sell low in last week's newsletter on Wednesday, where I talk about trade candidates and. It's not good for him that Jameis Winston is out. You know, obviously, I don't think Trevor Simeon would be good for anybody. But um, if Taysom Hill's the quarterback, that offense is going to move the ball decently well, I believe. But it's going to be very low pass volume. And we've seen this year the Saints are thrilled to not have to throw the ball if they don't have to. And so I think he could see like a 35% target share with Taysom Hill and still only have like seven targets per game. So that, that's a bit of a concern for sure. Yeah, I mean, his 16-game pace in four games with Taysom Hill last year was 120 catches, yeah. 1,372 yards, which is very low for 120 really? catches. But and very good. And zero touchdowns. On 40, yeah, the zero touchdowns thing targets. would be, you know, he's not going to put up big touchdown numbers, I think, with anyone, but with Hill. Like, my my expectation for him with Hill would probably be something like a six or seven yard, uh, six or seven touchdown pace for a full season. So bigger question to me is what happens to Camara? Because Camara had yeah. zero, one, two, and seven catches in four games with Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. And um that's a huge deal. Now Michael Thomas played in that game and he played in those games and Michael Thomas had a thirty two percent target share. Yeah. So you keep that in mind. But um I there think there were some concerning things with Alvin Kamara in this game too. You know, with Mark Ingram making his debut. Alvin Kamara played his smallest snap share of the season, falling down to 67% after he had been at least 82% in every game since week one Mm. Um, and ran a route on just 46% of the team's passing plays. Mark Ingram wasn't really involved in the passing game all that much. He he was like 25% route share, but Kamara dropping to 46% is a big deal. If it remains the case, I don't know. I, they keep winning, so I guess you can't criticize Sean Payton. I don't understand what he's done with this offense this season. Like, no, you just, can't criticize him though. <laughs> like, it just yeah, it keeps they, working, so that's fine. But like, I don't know how you could have so many games where Alvin Kamara is just a non-factor in the passing game. It just does not make sense to me. But yeah, I mean, that could. I'm be not an NFL thing. head coach. I'm not you know five and two or six and two or whatever he is this season. So I guess, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But it, it's concerning for fantasy, for sure. With Taysom Hill coming back and the role with Mark Ingram. Yeah, Taysom Hill, I still think, could be my could be my number one waiver wire priority. I have a hard time passing up Austin Scott, but Taysom Hill, yeah, I, I think, mean, could be a real difference maker. It, I think he would probably be a top 12 quarterback or very close for me. But he also hasn't played since that concussion. So, or yeah, practiced you're right. since that concussion. Right. So we don't know how far he is away from returning. All right. We got a question here from Anthony. Topic number four, the Broncos wide receivers. I teased it. I said there was something very interesting. I I think I oversold it a little bit. But uh, this is what Vic Fangio said about Jerry Judy. A couple of his catches were big. I think his ankle bothered him a little bit there late. But it was a good decision to not play him last week, even though he was medically cleared. He needed a week of practice. Hopefully he'll come out of the game feeling better and it got a little calloused from playing football for the first time since week one. Meanwhile, The Athletic said, for much of the day, it almost looked as if the Broncos were using Jerry Judy as a decoy in his first game since the week one opener. 
He ran back and forth across the formation in motion, pantomiming run fakes or simply moving from one slot spot to the other, but his targets in the passing game were limited for much of the game. So, Chris, I just took those two things as he's not, he was not 100% healthy, and we should not take this game, in which Bridgewater only threw 26 times, by the way, Mm -hmm. we should not take this as, uh, as, you know, emblematic of what's going to happen rest of the season. Yeah, he plays 71% of the snaps, ran around on 77% of the pass plays. Those are probably lower than you would expect moving forward, but not so low that you shouldn't think that he's healthy. Um, he did say today that he feels fine after playing, so that's a good sign. Now, I expect his role is going to grow. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if he's going to be the number one guy in this offense. Um, Cortland Sutton's very good, and he's shown this season that he really is back to 100% and is a very good wide receiver. So maybe Jerry Judy's a a 1B, maybe he's a one t- or a wide receiver 2 for them, but I think the bigger thing with his return is and the return of hold on, I've got the the pronunciation Albert Okuwebanam. Oh, Okuwebanam, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was you know, I was working on that this morning and then I completely blast. I'm you have to look in a mirror and say it, you know. And, uh, Albert sorry. O. Everybody calls him Albert O. It's- Albert O, yeah. Um I think that's worse for Noah Fant, who yeah. didn't really play a particularly big role. I think he had his lowest snap share since, yeah, since Alberto's injury in week two. He he had yeah. been above eighty seven percent in five straight games and was below eighty percent this week. So I think that's a concern for Noah Fant. But I think Jerry Judy, maybe he doesn't quite get going until week twelve when they come back from their bye. Um, you know, maybe it's just more of the same for the next couple of weeks, but I think Jerry Judy is going to be fine. Would you rather have Jerry Judy or Michael Thomas? Jerry Judy. Would He's you ra- active. Would you rather He's have Jerry Judy? Yeah, that's correct. Would you rather have Jerry Judy or Michael Pittman? Mm-hmm. Pittman. Okay. I've been very wrong on him. Yeah, I dropped him in a league. I, weeks, I mean, he had ago. like, he was like 101st in yards per route run and targets per route run last season. He was playing a big role and they just weren't throwing to him. Um, and that has changed in a huge way so far this season. So it's a good sign. He took, he took a leap. One big dynasty take. That's our last topic. One big dynasty take. Very vague. Got anything? One big dynasty take. See, I, I maybe I should look at the... Well, maybe I should send them to you. But I actually did send this to you. No, you sent this to me. Yeah. Um... I mean, Derrick Henry, I think, is a big one. And I think, generally speaking, it's it's an interesting time at both wide receiver and running back because a wide receiver have any of the, besides like Jamar Chase and maybe C.D. Lamb, have any of the young, young wide receivers really taken that leap? Because for the most part, the best wide receivers in fantasy right now are older. Uh, Jefferson. I mean, not ju- Okay, Justin Jefferson. Sure, he's yeah. amazing. But... You know, Devontae Adams, Terry Kill, uh, Stephon Diggs. Debo, Those you guys know. are all like 27, 26 to 27. Yeah, Debo's 24, I think. Well, 25. we didn't. Yeah, he's a third year guy. But uh, Marquise Brown, yeah. you know, he, he mm-hmm. he's definitely leaped. Uh, leapt, but um, but have they passed? No, it's been a bad year. I, you know, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. The year two wide receivers, they are just yeah. not. They're not getting it done right now. I, I still think the future is very bright for Higgins. Maybe even the near future. Yes. Ayuk, you got to have a lot of concerns. Claypool, and there's a takeaway. Yeah, although I, what I am will I say, to do there with Claypool, Ayuk, 
this is more of a short-term thing, although I still like him long-term. If you can get him in a dynasty league, if you can get him for like a second round pick, I would try to do that right now. Um, but Ayuk actually led all 49ers wide receivers in routes and snaps yesterday. And didn't do anything. So I think that's a very good sign. I think it's a bad I mean, It is a good sign. But he, wouldn't it be nice he if he had a good game with anything. that? He <laughs> had seven targets and like 58 yards, right? Something like that. Uh, let's say the final numbers on Ayuk. Maybe 44 yards? 45. Yeah. Four catches for 45 yards. That's a season high. Yeah. All right. So it's it's an encouraging development there. We'd like to see more. Um, But yeah, I still think there's a a changing of the guard that's going to happen at wide receiver. And I think the emergence of Justin Jefferson last season and the emergence of Jamar Chase so far this season, along with, I think, A.J. Brown still being 24. I think that's probably the the top three moving forward. In my eyes, um, so yeah, but I, I still think uh, like the Met- Metcalf is right there. Yeah, yeah. You that don't know was, who that was. An you don't know whose quarterback's going to be next year, but he's right there. Yeah, that that was an interesting game for the Seahawks. Twenty-one, uh, all but two of their targets, I think, went to Lockett and Metcalf. <laughs> so it's smart. Like, what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing defensively? I guess so, but not, it's like not wait. that hard to figure out what what's going on. <laughs> you know? uh, my big takeaway, dynasty wise, is every week that goes by, you just have to wonder what Cam Akers' role is going to be next year. Really, what Daryl Henderson's role is going to be next year because he's yeah. doing a really good job, and then also James Robinson has had a great year too. So I just feel like if you have ETN, if you have Cam Akers, you just don't know what yeah. to. Ex- oh, we got breaking news! All right, Titans are signing Adrian Peterson. Cool. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? I have a hard time seeing myself ranking him consistently higher than like 26th. Like Damian Harris is usually right around 24. And I, I don't see any reason to think Adrian Peterson's going to be better than Damian Harris moving forward. No, but um, if Damian Harris were on waivers, I would spend a whole lot of fab on him. But he'd be, he'd be a pretty right, right, big, but I don't think Damian Harris is going to be like, Okay. I wouldn't drop all of my fab on Adrian Peterson. I would have to be really, really desperate at running back, and I don't think I'm that desperate in any of my leagues. So I wouldn't be making him that big of a priority. I think I think I'd rather have Boston Scott. I know his his time of relevance may be shorter, but what we saw yesterday, I think I would rather have him than Adrian Peterson. Okay. Is Peterson going to play this week? Oh, I don't know. But, uh, all right. Per game, when he plays, you could have a full, you could have, you know, the entire season basically beginning in week, say week 10. I don't have their schedule in front of me. <sighs> yeah, I think he's he's flex worthy if he's the starting running back. Don't know how it's going to play out here. They might bring in someone else too. They might make a trade. Yeah, uh, I would expect he's going to average right around 60 to 70 total yards per game if he's the if he's the starter moving forward right and probably not a lot of catches probably very few catches probably i mean a decent touchdown rate but certainly not derrick henry's i i think it's it's going to be better for t- ryan Tannehill than it is better for any of the running backs that they add unless they go out and add someone you know legit and i i don't think adrian peterson's legit i think he's 36 years old and it's really really incredible how fine he is 
for as a NFL running back. And he could have quit by now, but he's apparently too legit to quit. And we got to yeah. go. No, so yeah, I, no, I, I agree that that's probably the show. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, everybody, for uh, for watching and listening fantasy to Fantasy Football Today. Check out FFT and 5, Chris and Dan Schneier on tonight slash tomorrow morning to recap Monday Night Football, the big Giants upset of the Kansas City Chiefs. Oof, rough year for the Chiefs. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with the waiver wire and a much more Adrian Peterson talk on Fantasy Football Today. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, is a raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.